Live from the Old Church Concert Hall in Portland, Oregon, it's Portland Story Theater's Urban Tellers. May the narrative be with you. To be an immigrant, especially if you are a person of color, has always been challenging in our country. You see, the 2016, the election cycle, for particularly for me personally, you know, was very difficult. It changed my life upside down. See, this man, Donald Trump, you know, walked down this escalator, starting his campaign, saying, these immigrants are, 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 are rapists and murderers, he says. And I thought, you know, he's not going to go anywhere, you know, it's just a nightmare, you know, you wake up, and, uh, you know, you'll be gone, and life will be okay. But then he won the election. You know, and then I thought, well, you know, this election rhetoric, you know, you have to say whatever you need to say to get yourself in the White House, right? And now that he's won, he's going to govern. He's not going to use those talks. But then these talks continued. It became violent. It became more and more violent. You know, these groups you have not heard about, this alt-right and, you know, the fringe groups that you have never seen before or heard before, suddenly they seem like they're completely emboldened. They are in public. They are talking hate stuff, hate speeches, violent stuff against immigrants, against all others, they say, others, right? You know, in our own town, in our own city, Portland, on the day of inauguration, I'm hearing about this young girl, teenager, going to school, taking TriMet. Her, you know, hate speeches were committed against her. Her hijab was pulled out, you know. And then I'm hearing about, you know, right around that time, about this baby who was like four months old. Her name was Fatime. She had a surgery scheduled in YHS2 for heart condition. She's from Iran. She's coming from Iran. And she was about to board a plane in Dubai, and she was stopped there because of the Trump's Muslim ban, you know. And then, at the end of February, I'm hearing about this story about these two Indians like me, you know. Uh, they were working for Garmin. It's a GPS company that makes GPS. And in Olitek, Kansas, they, after work, they were having a happy hour. They were having a few drinks with their friends, you know, just having a good time, you know, talking about stuff, you know, normal stuff. And then this guy walks in, thinking that these guys are Iranians, and sh starts shouting at them, saying racial slurs. And he says, you terrorists, get out of my country, they say, you know. And then he pulls out his gun, starts shooting. And there was one good Samaritan who was also coming to help them out. At the end of the day, there were three guys who were shot. And one of them, his name was Srinivas. The people called him Srini. He died. You know, when I was, you know, when this news was unfolding, it started sounding very, very familiar. You know, it looked like as if, you know, this is, could be me. You know, because you see, I came from India, India to Indiana to go to grad school. You know, I was 20-something, just like these two guys, right? Young, you know, wide-eyed, and I was looking to this future and, you know, hopeful. And, 
You know, my American dream actually started in that small Indiana town. You know, I remember one day with a bunch of friends from grad school, we went out for a drink. We were sitting there in a local bar in a ca campus town drinking some cheap beers, you know. We had a rough week or what have you. You know, on a Friday night, you go out and have a drink. That's what we were doing. And, you know, we were sitting there, and I remember walking out from that table and, you know, trying to go to the restroom. I was standing in line. There's a line was there. I was standing in line. I was not paying attention particularly. And this guy, out of nowhere, suddenly comes up. I didn't even know him. Bam, he hits me on my face. And then I looked around. I turned around and looked at him. And he was like a big, stocky, burly guy, you know, standing there angry, you know, yelling at me, racial slurs. I had never seen him before. And he was saying, I heard him talk in a, in a loud voice. He was saying, you fucking Iranian, he said. You know, I was mad. I was looking at him. You know, you idiot, have you ever seen an Iranian before? <laughs> you know, I was a skinny guy, you know, like I, I must have been weighing like 100 pounds, you know, I just came from India. Um, you know, five, I was 5'4", five you know, I was a geek. It was way before the time when Bill Gates made geeks popular, you know, that kind of time. It is, it is you know, you come up, you come up and say, you know, you're suddenly out there and you got hit, you don't know what to do, how to react. And I feel mad, I was angry, I was ashamed. And I was looking at, you know, these guys, my friends out there, I didn't want them to see me hit. I was a graduate student, I was supposed to be doing PhD in physics, I'm not supposed to be in a bar, get beaten up. You know, I was like looking around and say, okay, what do I do? You know, my glasses were on the floor and I was picking it up, it was broken. You know, I just wanted to get out of this crowd and nobody came to me and said anything. You know, nobody said, you know, are you okay? You know, nobody, nobody said anything. They were all looking at me, you know, like a small kid. This guy was like a huge guy and I didn't want him to hit anymore. So I went into the bathroom, rushed into the bathroom. I looked at my face and my face was like a pumpkin. My, I, I looked like a chipmunk, you know. My nose was bleeding and I was getting some napkins and put it against my nose to stop this bleeding to, to make sure it stops. And then once it stopped, I went back to the table and I told them, hey, let's get out of here. You know, um, give me a ride. And then I never said anything about it. I don't talk about it. I put it aside of my mind. I don't talk about this one. You don't want to remember those things. You know, it's set aside. But then at that night in Kansas, all these things were coming back to me, you know. I'm reliving these thoughts that was happened way back. And, you know, it suddenly became personal. You know, I was thinking, if that guy in that Indiana bar had a gun, I could have been shot. I could have been dead all these years. And I said, you know, I got to do something about this. I cannot just sit and watch this one go by. I have to do something. But then what am I going to do, you know? What am I going to do? Am I going to go downtown, throw stones, and start protesting? I'm too old for that. Besides, you know, like, you know, violent protest is never an answer. I told myself, I'm going to be a passive activist. 
And I looked at it, you know, what the heck does that even mean? You know, what? You, you want your cake and you want to eat it too? You know, what do, I, what do I do? And then I said, okay, I'm going to pick up the phone and start calling all the media people locally. It started with the Argonian, right? I called them up. I pitched this idea that you have this, you know, stories, beautiful stories, and one picture. You write about the immigrants and tell about this person that you see on the photograph so you can kind of humanize the situation here and so people can kind of associate with this person. You know, they said, no, uh, it's not good. I was pitching it to every one of them. They said, no, no, you can't. I told them, I will work for you for free. They said, no, no takers. And then I said, you know what? By the time when I'm done on that day, the thing is, these guys were asking tough questions, you know, all kinds of cynical questions. Yeah, what do you know? I'm a journalist. I've been working on it for a long time. You know, by the time that the day was over, the project is becoming clearer. It is suddenly taking shape, and it's now finally tangible thing that I can do it myself. I said, you know what? If you are not going to do it, then I'm going to do it myself. You know, I, I, went, I went and logged on to the computer, and then I, I reserved a domain name. I said, you know, the immigrant story and tried all the combinations were gone, and finally I found a combination that worked that nobody took, this immigrantstory.org. It felt so good, my goodness, it feels so good. Finally, you feel liberated just because you want a domain name. It's a kind of a geeky sort of happiness, you know? For $8.95, you get these things. And I, and I felt good. You know, I read it out loud and said, the immigrant story is the American story. I said it out loud. It felt good, you know? Then what? I said, you know, it is great. Then what? What am I going to? What, what did I get into doing now? You know, I'm not that kind of an IT Indian. You know, I don't know how to develop sites. You know what I mean? You know, the stereotypical image of an Indian guy is that he can develop websites, and I can't. I'm an engineer. I don't. But then I used to be known as the motel Indian in the 90s. But then now it is like, you know, I can't do it. And then I said, you know, the, thank goodness there's YouTube, you know? <laughs> and, then, and then you log on, and the, there's this guy who must have been popular. He had like one million hits. He started teaching people how to develop a website using WordPress, right? So I must have watched it 10,000 times. So 10,000 of the likes he had is from me, you know? <laughs> I, I had all those, you know, by the time when I'm done, you know, I started developing the website, and then, you know, I started writing the, you know, stories, and I took this picture, and then my wife would, uh, you know, correct it and edit it, you know. After all, I'm an engineer, why are you going to read any, have you ever read any engineers writing a story before? <laughs> it is like, uh, you know, but anyway, I ended up doing this, right? But then, by the time this April 15th came, I had seven stories, you know. 
seven stories, and I unveiled it. There's a working site. It started looking some good-looking site, you know. It's like I was so happy, and I started showing people, you know. Today, you know, we have 20-plus volunteers. We are, an, you know, today we have, you know, we have 20-plus volunteers. They are so experienced journalists, storytellers, photographers. They, they, they bring their talents and experience and their skills. And then we are a volunteer organization. You know, we, we, they pour their heart to it. You know, because we all believe in this common cause, which we think, we believe that we are all created equal. And this country still is a nation of immigrants. You know, and these people, spend all the energy creating this beautiful content. We publish one story every week, every Saturday it comes out. And then the Portlanders, you know, we are progressive city for nothing, right? We are so good, you guys embraced us, you know, welcoming the story and providing this home and making it a beautiful site. Most of all though, you know, I have 60 plus people from Portland and other areas. You know, they have welcomed, welcomed, welcomed us to their home. They opened their heart. They, they, they just told their most incredible stories. Some of them are the most personal stories to us, the total strangers, you know. And, you know, I'm so honored for them to be telling that story. You know, the fact is, you know, they trusted us with their truth. It's very, very honoring and a humbling experience. You know, the, 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 the most important thing is though, even today, you know, I feel like even today, if you put your mind to it, you can still make anything happen in this country. That's what I love about this country, you know? I, I truly believe, I truly believe, I'm telling the story to change the world, one story at a time. Thank you. Thank you.